exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the reasons I know a lot of there are a number, quite a number of people who go, "Oh my God, you're Dove," and I go, "Well, yeah, I'm just Dove," you know, because it's like, yes, I'm well known. I've been around for fucking ever. I I have a really large skill set, but I have a face, I have a name, and I'm a person. You know, um, I may be your fantasy, but I don't know you from a hole in the ground, and I happen to be me. You know, and there's, you know, you want to know me, we can talk. You want to know my fantasy, you know, go look at one of my pictures. You know, that's, and that's a very important thing to, 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 to remember in that respect. I mean, I remember actually, actually, it's a interesting sort of uh, addition to this. Uh, the reason why Mortis starred Shabarikon was because he wanted to learn from all the teachers of the time. Because remember that before Shabarikon started, there was no one large rope group. I mean, a, a rope, rope event. I mean, uh, if you did rope at all or any kind of you know rope bondage, you were not considered a serious SM person. And you, you were not a real sadist if you did, you know, whatever. And he wanted to get all these people together. And the hilarious part was we got all these, you know, we got all the teachers. Midori was there. We had Tattoo. We had Lokai, me, uh, MU, uh, uh, Suzanne, 68. I mean, we had everybody, you know. It was like at that time and that first year, if, if there was anybody who was known for doing rope, we had them it, at that event. And the joke was everyone was walking around at the, the meet and greet going, dude. You know, I don't know anything. You're the guy who knows everything. Wow, I love you. It was like watching a bunch of fanboys all, you know, talking to Neil Gaiman. Except everybody <laughs> was Neil Gaiman. <laughs> and and I've always taken that to heart in the sense that, you know, every you know, anytime you see somebody you you lionize in the scene, they're a person too. They they've done the things, they've they've you know, they, they've lived the life or they've done whatever they've done to get where they are, but it's, it wasn't the point. They weren't trying to get there. They just did stuff. Right. And it may have been they were the only person at the time who did that thing and they became famous for it or they were the first in their area to start teaching or they just, they've been teaching, but they're people. And, you know, just because they're, you know, they're that name doesn't take that away. Matter of fact, in many ways, they're more people because of that. Um, I, I've always joked when people say, "Oh, Dove, we have you know, we're gonna have you this event, whatever," and and you can you know you do your, your four classes, and then you'll you'll be able to play at the dungeon. And I'm like, well, remember that thing where I said I wanted a room? I'll probably be going to bed early. And they're like, why? I said, because I just did four scenes. You know, you, you you did four. If you do classes, it's a lot of effort out there. And I'll you know I'll, uh, um, when I go to most events, you know, I'm very quiet after I do my classes and stuff. I mean, I'll I'll come to the dungeon, I'll play a bit. But I'm, you know, I mean, I'm, if I'm there for an event, I'm, I'm on, I'm working for the event, you know, and I take that very seriously. But at the same time, there's that other element you have to take care of yourself because you can't be on 24 hours. You know, you right. need to go off to the side. You need to, you know, if, I, if I'm going to have, you know, drink with somebody, I'm having a drink with somebody as me. You know, it's like, uh, let's, let's go, let's go relax. And a lot of people forget that, you know, um, you know, it's it's and even even when you're not on. I had I actually had an incident a couple of years ago at um, a test fest, and I wasn't even teaching there. It was a lot of politics, but won't go into it. But the main thing was um, I, I was helping out with this thing called they did, they tried doing a rope room, which wasn't didn't work very well because nobody knew it was a rope room. And I'm later in the dungeon, and I'm I'm suspending somebody who's never been suspended for. It was somebody I'd known for years, and. 
I've got, now this is, remember, this is the dungeon. Classes ended literally three hours earlier. And I had like four, five people walk up to go, hey, Dove, and they start talking, but then they saw what I was doing and they walked away. It was pretty, pretty okay. But they have this one last person come up and then just start talking. They started asking, you know, like, can you show me blah, 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 blah. And I blew up on them. I mean, I literally like, I am having a scene. Get the fuck out of my face. And I later talked to him and their, their response to me was, well, I always see you in teaching space. And my response back to him was, classes ended three hours earlier. Are you an idiot? And, and you know, people forget that. I mean, you know, Midori is a person. I, you know, there, there are, mo you know, there are moments I can, you know, when, I, you know, she's on, she's Midori. And then there's other times you sit back with her and it's Midori. It's this person, you know, Lokai is the same way, uh, Lookout. And it's, it's an important, you know, it's, it's actually one of the problems for a lot of presenters in that there's a, a burnout curve because you can only be on so often. You know, and a lot of people who are getting into teaching run into that pretty fast because, you know, they're so busy trying to teach and they forget about taking care of themselves. And even a lot of big presenters do the same thing. You know, it's, I think it's one of the, the, the running topics we have whenever we're together. How do you take care of yourself? You know, what do I do when I'm on my off time? Yeah, I, I, I can really appreciate that. Because, I mean, I, there are people in the scene who I, you know, um, idolized. And I kind of drew this um, bright line between myself and, and between people that I knew personally, people that I met with no framework reference, and people that I heard about or read about on the internet or saw on TV or read about in magazines. And so it's almost like they're in this sort of superhuman space. <laughs> yeah. And... What I've learned from, from meeting people is that when you try to make someone more than human, you, you end up treating them like they're less than human. Yeah. And, I, and, and it's, I'm just now getting to the point, just in the St. Louis area, where people see me and they're like, oh my God, you're David Wraith. <laughs> and I get a picture taken with you. And it's like, wow, okay, so this is how I looked, you know. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, coming up to the people that I idolized. And it's 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 a lot to get used to. It's kind of a head trip when it's when it's new to you. Ha, so revenge. I, <laughs> so I, I, I sympathize. I really do. Yeah. To the to the extent that I can. You know. Oh, of course, of course. I mean, you know, it, 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 yeah, we do it. We we have a lot of fun with it. But it's interesting how, yeah. You know, and and the thing is, even without forgetting about the fame, people forget to take care of themselves in general. I mean, I've seen a lot of people they dive into the scene and they never set aside a little space for themselves. You know, they're, they're so busy out there, you know, going out to party and, and, and be, you know, one with the community. And it's sort of like, you know, sometimes it's okay to stay home. Sometimes it's yeah. okay to not be on, not have to be the party person. Sometimes it's good to just sit back and voyeur for an evening. Oh, yeah. yeah. And people forget to do that. But anyway. So yeah, you know, one of these I gotta get up to. I get up to. You know, it's like get up to St. Louis. I mean, hey, if you if you guys want anyone to do classes, let me know. I've I've got a, quite a CV of stuff. Uh, yeah, a little bit, uh, a little bit. You know, <laughs> you know, my, my big thing with that is like, you know, just get me there and I'm happy. You know, I, I sleep on floors. I'm very good this way. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I've you know, that's, you know, there's my plug there. It's I actually had somebody who was like got very very you know like oh my god we can't afford you. I'm like. Um, you're, you're, get me there and just, you know, do you have a floor I can sleep on? I'm okay. And I'm not really charging, you know, it's okay, you know, but yeah, well, I mean, well, Doug, you're, you're 
if you ever have a gig in St. Louis or if we can ever book you for anything, you're always welcome in my place. Um, I'm trying to turn my little apartment into sort of like the, uh, the uh, sex positive a hostel for visiting presenters. <laughs> so uh, you, can, you can check my references. You can talk to Lee. You can talk to Susie Bright. I think, I've, I think we do a good job of hosting out-of-town people. Sweet, sweet. Well, one day I hopefully get up there. I, I've, I've, it's actually been kind of fun traveling a lot lately in terms of getting places. Because it's like, A, I like traveling, B, I like meeting people, and, it, you know, I mean, for me right now, I, I usually these days go through, I mean, my my teaching model, I, I use what I call um, uh, revenue neutral, which mm-hmm. is basically if I'm teaching, I'm paying for where I'm, for I'm going by teaching, and mm-hmm. so it's basically just get me there, I'll take care of my own food, because, you know, things things I would normally pay for, I have no problem with. Transportation is the biggest issue in that sense, you know, and, and putting me someplace. Well, you know, you got somebody with a house, beds are good, you know. We're warm at night, you can cuddle, it's okay, you know. <laughs> yeah, so far it's working, you know, it gets me places, I have fun. It's a great hobby in that sense. But, you know, I, I, I've, I've heard a lot, I mean, even before, you know, uh, I got into casing, I mean, I've heard of, you know, St. Louis, I finally I got to go to Ohio, you know, a couple of times, you know, it's... I, I'm, I really do like middle America. I like the other parts of the country. It's fascinating watching, you know, the similarities, dissimilarities, especially because I'm not, like, I'm from New York. You know, we're open 24 hours. We have transportation that nobody else in the world has, you know. Uh, DC, uh, the DC Metro shuts down at what hour? We never shut down, you know. Um, uh, I, I, I actually, uh, uh, Nelody actually got me up to. Um, I was with. Uh, she's colored to um, uh, Max in Seattle. She's in San Francisco, and she actually brought me up to uh, Dartmouth. I broke Dartmouth's uh, teaching cherry, mm-hmm. and a lot of fun there. That was that was kind of neat, and I I couldn't understand the fact that everything closed at like at seven o'clock. Wow! It was like even the Seven Eleven closed at seven. Pretty much, I think it was a seven or eight or somewhere around there. So it was like I finished doing the class. I'm like, okay, let's get food. And she's like, well, I've got some ramen back in my in my uh, in my office. And I'm like, I'm fucked, aren't I? You know. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's kind of interesting, you know, going to other places where, you know, that happened. But although that actually kind of it, it it's interesting. Um, New York is very um, we're very laissez-faire and very blasé about what we do have you know mm-hmm. we, we have an abundance of riches you know when, when the scene was at its height at least when i was involved with tess uh we had um three clubs three sm clubs not including the gay clubs and other stuff you know and that was just sm oriented you know you had paddles you had the vault you had um hellfire you had then a number of other parties and other little things all over the place uh, and when that all kind of collapsed, you know, during due to the gentrification and the housing stuff, uh, there was a couple of years, and then Lenny, who unfortunately just passed away recently, Lenny Waller, who was the uh, guy who ran Hellfire, an amazing character. I mean, you want to talk color? This guy had was you know was community color out the wazoo, and he. Um, uh, he tried opening up a place in Brooklyn, and he even said it wasn't going to work, and he did. And nobody would go there because it's, you know, New Yorkers. It's Brooklyn. Why do we want to fucking go to Brooklyn? You know, 
And, you know, all we have to do is hop on a train. And, you know, I look at people in D.C. and Ohio and, you know, these people get in a car and drive an hour or two or even six hours to get to the local dungeon. Why? Because it's their local dungeon. And they have a car and they're going to go there and it's a nothing for them. They know, you know, they're going to go to this event because, you know, and it, it, it's something that's very, um, you know, like I said, we have an abundant riches in the sense, but I, I have this theory about shared resources. You look at most small communities and small communities tend to share their resources better than larger communities. I mean, the gay community in, in, uh, in uh, New York doesn't have to have anything to do with the hetero community in New York because there's that many space. There's that much space, you know. Back in its heyday, you know, Hellfire was uh, the first three days were gay events or, or related, and then Friday and Saturday were were the uh, hetero event, you know, at Hellfire. I think it was Friday, Saturday, whatever. So, you know, if we didn't have Love the Pride Night. There'd be really no reason for the gay community to, to interact with the you know the gay SM to interact with the uh, 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 hetero pan uh, SM, but when you go to like small small areas, towns, or even other cities, you know the same if, same places that the the gays are going, the, the the straights are going to a certain degree. I mean, it's not always. I mean, you do have you know there are the gay clubs and then there are the you know the straight clubs. You know, I mean, St. Louis is not a small town in that sense. But you go to some some towns, and you know, whoever you know, whatever whatever is considered the gay hangout is probably also the the uh, the leather hangout, because it's the one place. And even in small you know in, in smaller communities, you do have sometimes a lot of times. Uh, I mean, I don't know what the gay community is like in in uh, in uh, St. Louis, but uh, you know, uh, is there more interaction or less interaction? Uh, I don't I don't think there's a lot of interaction between the the gay um, leather community in St. Louis and the pansexual um, uh, BDSM community. Definitely not enough, in, in, in my opinion. Okay. That's gotten better this year. Um, uh, DJ, who is uh, Mr. Missouri Leather, okay. uh, this year who represented us at IML, it's one of his, one of his platforms um, when he ran for the title was to promote um, you know, better unity between the gay leather community and the pansexual BDSM community and um, he's he's been doing a good job and a lot of he's got a, he's really popular in the pansexual community so a lot of people you know I think a lot of people went to JJ's for the first time which is the, the gay men's leather bar the night that he was running for uh, Mr. Missouri Leather oh, awesome. so just yeah so just having someone like him who has that sort of crossover appeal for lack of a better word um, helps a lot and when the when the dungeons when the new dungeons were open they would have like all female nights and all male nights. So a lot of people from the gay leather community would come to, you know, what's, you know, by default, you know, a straight, for lack of a better word, pansexual dungeon. Right. On the, you know, the theme nights and then would come back on the open nights. Sweet. So there's been a lot of progress in that area just in the last year in St. Louis. That's awesome. I love when, they, when it does reach that kind of, uh, 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 the frisson, that, that level of, uh, that tipping level and things actually start happening, you know, because I mean, the, the, you know, the, the, two, the two communities really do need each other as far as I'm oh, concerned. Yeah. And, you know, it's I, I'm always stunned when I do, you know, especially in the gay community, it's like, oh, we don't want those people. And you're like, uh, our problems are your problems. 
you know, and, you know, separating, and this is a problem I do see in the communities, is uh, small groups tend to ostracize all the other small groups. Right. Because we magnify, we, we try and mirror the larger macro group that ostracized us in the first place. You know, it's like the gay leather uh, tends to ostracize the, the lesbian gay leather, who right. then tends to ostracize the trans gay leather. You know, it's like, you know, and 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 he 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 pushes away this person. And he pushes away person. You know, and suddenly it's a it's a Pantene commercial uh, for for intolerance. But you know, we all want a space to play. And you know, I, I, I and I've I've actually been you know the brunt of it. It's sort of um, years ago. I was at uh, I went to the Eagle. This is when the Eagle was not the present New York Eagle, but the one that was over by the West Side. And it was not he was not female friendly, even leather female. And I was there with Mama Connie, and she's a large black woman, and she is dressed to the leather nines. I mean, leather vest, uh, you know, every everything. I mean, she's Miss Leather. And um, I'm there. I'm just wearing a, a leather flight jacket and a pair of leather boots and jeans. And we get holed up at the door. And we were there actually to see. Uh, we were going to be uh, having a meeting with, uh, uh, hanging out with some of the uh, heads of GMSMA and... Uh, we get there and we're held up at the door. I mean, they're like they're 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 the, the two very gay gentlemen at the door are are literally having one of those a, a stereotypical gay snit about do they allow that kind in? And we ain't talking because she's black, you know. <laughs> black was not the issue here. And we get inside finally, and we're at the bar. And this is a pretty big. It was an old bar, pretty big. And there's this one guy who's like. Think Mad Max. I mean, he's, you know, shaved head, you know, that that short stubble, stocky. I mean, he looks like an extra from, you know, uh, uh, Gabe, Mad Max meets Priscilla. I mean, there's <laughs> the only way to describe this guy. I mean, he was, you know, he was that full leather, you know, if he, if he wasn't here, he would have been at a Hell's Angel thing except without the beard. I mean, and we're sitting there and literally he goes, you know, we're, we're, having, a, we're having a drink and like we just hear next to us, she's behind Connie, he goes, we don't need your kind here. And I'm like, you know, I'm looking at her, and I haven't clued this in, and I'm like going, great, we've got a redneck, and he hates the fact she's black. And, <laughs> and then he starts going off on the fact she's a woman. And I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And this guy's actually getting dangerous. He's really being very threatening. We sort of move on the bar, and the bartenders are really being very good and trying to keep them away we end up uh over by the there's a gentleman there who who uh, sold leather goods uh and eventually the gmsma people showed up and the one of the heads there basically they dragged this guy it was like watching uh, a, a gay version of uh, sons of anarchy they grabbed dragged the guy you know all dressed in leather they dragged the guy in back literally and read him the riot act you know for being an asshole but it's that element that, you know, you do have, you know, there, there is prejudice on all sides. And it's interesting that, yes, you know, uh, well, I, actually, did you hear Guy Baldwin's big speech uh, no. or of it recently? No. Oh, God. He did this at uh, Leather Leadership where he basically went, you're all not gay. Fuck you. And, and don't forget, we're the people who did this. You know, uh, and I'm paraphrasing it. But mm -hmm. uh, if you do a little, re a little search on it, you'll find it. But he basically... Uh, went out of his way to make everybody who was there at Leather Leadership um, and who weren't gay feel really fucking uncomfortable. 
And while a lot of people have, you know, well, a guy always, you know, you know, says something, you know, controversial, it was bullshit. I mean, just because we're gay does not make you make it special. You know, our, our problems are your problems. And while, you know, you may want, you know, gay only spaces, which are fine. The issue is that's not our problem. What is our problem is where do we cross over? You know, what are our rights? What are your rights? You know, uh, how do we how do we maintain ourselves within the larger community? And how do we work together? And attacking other people because, well, they have a vagina or they're not gay. You know, oh, you're bi, you're not gay. Oh, you're this. You know, fuck this shit. You know, it's like the black community with the, the whole, you know, I always loved uh, Spike Lee's, uh, which one was it? Um, do the, Not to do the right thing. Was it the, the one where it was uh, the white black, uh, the light blacks against the black blacks. Uh, uh, school days. School days, right. School days. And you, we have the same thing and it doesn't matter. You know, uh, the issue is, you know, our rights overall, you know, and, you know, it's, it, 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 I, I, I'm always interested how smaller communities solve that problem or if it even is a problem within those communities. Cause you know, it's, uh, we've gone through a lot of change. I mean, in the time I got on the scene in 93 and it's, it seems like entire worlds away, you know, well, yeah. What, what I tell people in St. Louis is we have our personal differences and they're valid differences, but to the outside world, we all look the same. You know, <laughs> we've got all, all our little infighting, you know, you're with yeah. this group, you're with that group. But the moral majority types, they want us all dead. They want us all gone. <laughs> yeah. So we got to stick together. And mm -hmm. I think the problem that I've seen in St. Louis is more sort of self-selection and self-segregation, um, more so than any type of discrimination. That's good. Um, so it's kind of a process of saying, you know, you're welcome here. You know, you, you come here, we will not, you know, shoot lasers out of our eyeballs at you just because you're gay or you're transgender or whatever. And, you know, with the events that I promote, I tell people, look, you know, that none of that should be a factor here. And if it is, please tell me. You know, if you feel like you're being discriminated against, please let me know so I can, you know, address it. Um, because we really want everyone to feel, you know, comfortable. And like we have um, a group, we have a, a Black Beat chapter that just started in St. Louis recently. And, you know, there are white people in the Black Bee chapter. And, you know, if they weren't, you know, attendance would drop off by like a third, perhaps. <laughs> um, and yeah. no one ever says, well, how come there are white people here? You know, the fact that they're here means they're cool. You know, if they were like, you know, racist, they probably wouldn't come to a meeting where they're going to be the minority. So just be cool with it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah they are friends. Now back off. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a straight guy. And I would go to, you know, the all men's parties because, you know, I, I have the equipment. You know, I am a man, even if I'm mm -hmm. not gay. And I've invited my, you know, trans, uh, my uh, male trans friends to them. And it's always like, well, am I going to be cool? Is it going to be okay? And it's like, well, yeah. And if it's not, we'll leave. And, you know, if it's not cool, I'll say, you know, I'll say something even if you don't feel comfortable. And my experience is that it's never been an issue. Awesome. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's happened in St. Louis and I just wasn't privy to it. But the places where I, the dungeons where I go, the parties that I go to, the um, parties that I throw, I haven't seen issues like that. So awesome! It, it's it's. I'm more, going to your I, parties then. <laughs> it's more it's more getting the word out and doing the outreach and letting people from the smaller communities know that they're welcome, um, so that they will come because they've got this perception yeah. that they're not. Yeah, and that's important. That's important. I mean, it's it's. 
it, it is amazing how it becomes its own internal issue and ends up getting blown out of proportion half the time. But you know, although it's, it's yeah, go on. It's 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 even with like fetishes and things like that. Like I've had, <laughs> and, I've, and I've I've written about this on that, and I've written about this on the Sex Pounds of St. Louis blog. I've had people fully and oh god, if they, I'm, you know, if you if you if if I offend you with what I'm about to say, I, I meant to, but I've got. <laughs> People come up to me fully clothed at events, at clothing mm -hmm. optional events that aren't, that are, you know, sort of not clothing optional specific, but you can get naked there. Right. And they come to me fully clothed and they say, well, nobody's naked. And I go, well, well neither are you, you know, <laughs> take your clothes off and then talk to me. I've had people in t-shirts and jeans come up to me and saying, well, nobody's, nobody's dressed up. Nobody's wearing any decent costumes. And it's like, well, neither are you, you know come back in full latex and you know six inch heels and a wig and, and talk to me mm -hmm. like well people look at me funny it's like well number one so what number two they probably won't you know right. the guy who's like you know beating his submissive on the St. Andrew's cross is not going to stop and go what's up with the guy in the latex I mean come on if not here where mm -hmm. well I, I think that's always a problem with, with most events in terms of the, the title people tend to come to rather than involve themselves like i've done burning man and the attitude the attitude of burning man the motto of burning man is we're all participants yeah and unfortunately yeah. a lot of people will come to things and they're they're they want to see the freaks you know we're here we're here to see the freaks so they're not going to get undressed and it's it's a problem because it, depending on the type of party you know it's like i know that a lot of uh gay event bathhouse type stuff you know there's the the door check and part of that they do it for you know to make sure the cops aren't coming in but they also do it from the standpoint of you know if nobody's naked there ain't no party so everyone get your fucking clothes off you know right and you know it's setting the mood and having been to a number of you know orgy style parties and stuff like that it, it's important to you know that people you know the 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 look you lose are minimized you know but unfortunately, you know, the reality of it is you have open parties, people are going to come. And if they're disappointed that the, you know, the people aren't doing what they expect, it's like, you know, dude, you're, it's because you're all voyeurs. Now fucking get, yeah. you, you drop your pants and let's party, you know, no or, one, no or one, don't bitch. No one wants to be the first on the dance floor. <laughs> and, and that's, that's another example of hmm. like, you know, diverse communities coming from the Burning Man community. I'm big on, you know, radical self-reliance, radical self-expression, radical participation. So it's like, unless I've promised you a form of entertainment that you paid for at the door, yeah. it's on you to bring it. And if you want people to get naked and either take your clothes off or go to the, the guy or the girl who's wearing several hundred dollars worth of leather and latex and say, oh, I really like what you've done here. Now take it all off, please. Well, no. You know they're showing they're showing their wares now. You show me yours. You oh, know, absolutely. Get, you know, get you know you get naked first, baby. You know it's uh, you know I'm not I am you didn't pay me to come here. I ain't your hoe, so you you know you drop them first. I mean it it, it gets really funny. I mean I, I've I've always been disturbed by when I you know I am at events and people start treating me as the performer, and I'm mm -hmm. like, dude, I'm here to play. Get the fuck out of my face. Um, I mean, I, I go to suspension, I am the performer because there's a bunch of riggers, we go there and we'll put anybody up, you know, if you ask nicely. But then I'm at a private party and, you know, I'm, I'm a paddles or whatever. And yeah, I do pretty things. I'm that good. And then I've got, you know, oh, is there a line? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, no, I'm going home with the person I just put up because we, we had a date. I don't know who the fuck you are, you know. And, <laughs> and, you know, it's, 
it, you know, it gets really, really silly after all. Because it's if you're good or if you're if you're visible, obviously you were paid to be here, um, or at least that seems to be the logic. And it's like, yeah, no, thank you. Um, <laughs> no, we're not doing that. And it, you know, it's a problem. I mean, and this is you know, when I nobody even knows who the fuck I am. I mean, forget about you know, oh, Dove's going to be here. This is just you know, I'm there. I'm doing something, showing off. And it stuns me when people do that. And especially, well, yeah, I mean, your paddles is kind of a given because, like, night, you know, any any given night, uh, the majority of people there are people, you know, looky-loos looking to, they're looking for a show. And obviously, if you're doing something, you must be a paid performer because nobody really does that. Right. You know, I, I actually, I, I did a, I think I would call it my first professional rigging thing where I, I actually was, um, uh, there's this gentleman who puts on, um, uh, he does like a photo thing where it's like the old photo club t- style stuff where he hires a model and the photographers pay him X amount of dollars to shoot the model and you pay X amount of dollars to get a release so you can actually use the photos. And I was actually tying up Winona and she was, you know, it was the first time I ever met her and we had friends in common so it was all, all good. And I've got these guys coming up to me in the, in during while we're doing this, during the breaks, going... You, you really tie up women? <laughs> wow, that's cool. What's it like? You know, I'm like, dude, get away from me. I mean, it, and but it's, and that's what you get at, you know, the clubs where, you know, somebody comes in, they're, they're paying to be there, you know, and they've never been to a club. They're here to be on the wild side. And, you know, you're doing, I'm doing somebody up in a side suspension, which is pretty freaking showy or whatever. And, or I'm just using whips or I'm just, I'm actually doing something. Therefore, I must be working there, and I'm a ride. And I've had some drunk people, and even undrunk people, come up to me, and like they get it. You know, I had one lady actually get insulted because I wouldn't do something with her, and I'm like, "Hun, I don't work here." I mean, she literally she thought I was like paid employee. <laughs> You're like the help. <laughs> I'm the help. You know, I'm here, and I was like, you know, and I said, "Look, you you know, they're not paying me enough because I'm not. They're not paying me, and you're not paying me enough." And by the way, if you pay me, that means I'm a horror and I'm sorry, but you know, that's, you know, I'm going to do a lot more than that. You know, I mean, it was, it was really, you know, a, a, a painful moment to say the least. Did you, did you read the piece in the, that just ran in the Dallas Observer about the, the leather scene in Dallas and how mm, it's changed? No, actually, oh, wait a minute. Um, blah, blah, blah. Did I, I might actually have refresh my memory. Cause I, I think I may actually have um, browsed this. It was, it was a, there's a piece in the Dallas Observer. I think it was fairly recent. And um, they inter- they interviewed the guy, and I'm gonna his his initials are H H like Hardy or uh, oh yes yes Hardy Haberman yes I read this Thank article yeah, yeah yeah yes 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 Hardy Haberman yes 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 yeah I really I really liked that article and how they talked about like you know the positive and negative um, mm-hmm. uh, effects of you know the scene being more mainstream and more known because of the internet and you know there's so fewer um, barriers like like you know when I first got in the scene it was kind of hard. Mm-hmm. find out you had to know people yeah. you had to look in you know the ads in the back of cd magazines and you know oh yeah you know, there, were, there were lots of barriers to get there so once you got there you were kind of pre-screened like you've done the due diligence you know and yeah, you've jumped through the hoops because, yeah and now because of the internet you know anybody can find out about it and so which is a good thing for the people that are hungry for it but it also it brings a problem of bringing people who aren't really People who haven't signed on to the 10 principles of BDSM can just show up at the event and pay their cover charge. You know, fuck it up for everybody. People aren't quite Um, ready. Right, exactly. And I think that's part of what what we're going through at the Sex Positive St. Louis. Um, um, Not to, you know, not to 
we love everyone that supports us, but you know, there was like a sex positive community that we drew from, and I think we kind of tapped it out. Mm-hmm. And we have to we have to make uh, inroads into uh, you know the suburbs and and bigger communities. So if we're having problems with people coming in who aren't really sort of versed in the etiquette already, they're only the problem's only going to get bigger as we expand. So we have to start learning how to deal with it now. Yeah. And yeah, I, you know, when we threw um, BDSM parties, there were people who didn't know that you couldn't, you know, go up to someone in the middle of a scene and offer your commentary and make requests. <laughs> this would be better if her panties were down. And it's like, really? This would be better if you went away. Stop talking. Yeah, if, yeah. I will, you know, this, and this, you know, it's growing pains and also we have to adapt. I mean, I agreed with a lot of what Hardy said, but at the same time, you know, it, it's, I, I will disagree because the the good old days were not as good old as everyone remembers yeah. them in some ways. I mean, you, the same complaints I heard back then were the same complaints I heard I heard today. The difference being, um, you know, we were more underground than we were then, and you still had the same problems. And and we we always look at things. You know, the, the sun is always brighter in the past. Uh, I mean, I love the first the first year I went to sh- uh, to Burning Man. I went. In, I was in '99 and I went in 2000. Or as I like to joke, I, I went in '99 when the, uh, the we lost the moon. So if anyone's a fan of a certain TV show, they'll get the joke. But um, I'm I'm there and I'm listening to all these old timers going, "Oh, it's commercial. It's blah 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 blah." And I'm like, for me, this was like, you know, oh my god, this is all new, all strange. And then the next year, I realized exactly what they meant in the sense that, well, Burning Man, you know, the first time you go is this incredible experience the second time you go you then have to find the experience that means something you have to find right. your serendipity there was a, a gentleman who used to go I, I don't know if he still goes uh, uh captain uh captain uh salt i think was his name was um anyway he um uh he, at the year i went he had this giant uh uh, ref, uh like uh antenna that acted as a reflector and you could speak into it and project your voice and everything it was very cool but he was telling me about, you know, he's been there for years and he was he had had problems and he went for a walk and he went out past the man and uh, you've been to Burner, Burning Man, have you? Or have you, no, you been? I actually haven't. Oh, God. Okay. One day you have to. But, yeah, go to the left. We must go to the fatherland. Anyway, uh, so the playa is so freaking huge. You don't realize how big this space is. And remember, the year I went, I had, we had uh, 99, we had 35, about 35,000 people. You know, by the t- by the night of the burn, okay. And there was one point, a couple of days before, because I went there for the week, and I walked. I, I, basically, I, I walked away from the curve because the the uh, uh, city is this big half circle around the man. So I walked away from thirty-five, approximately, probably anywhere from 20, 20 to thirty-five thousand people. You know, that's a lot of people, and I made that into a black line and. When I did that, I walked towards the man who went from being, you know, this little thing that looked like you could fit in your pocket into a two-story structure. Then I walked away from the man, and I started walking back towards the uh, uh, the wind fence. Wind fence is this big uh, net they put up all the way down at the end of the playa, uh, near the end of the playa, to catch debris because the wind always blows in pretty much one direction. So I'm walking and walking, and suddenly the little black line disappears, and there's this really tall man who gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And finally, I've made 35,000 people 
and a two-story object disappear. They're not there anymore. And the whole element of this is simply to give you an idea of the, sco the scale of the place. Now, what uh, Cap that was a Captain Sodium. It wasn't Captain Salt. It was Captain Sodium. That was his name. Hi, Cap. So Captain Sodium was telling me about he you know was down and he needed something and it was he wasn't getting it that year and he was in that you know oh my God you know the, you know it's it was better in the past and this is all commercial whatever. So he walked out and he walked past the the man. He went out into the back area and in the middle of nowhere he found a desk just sitting there. And remember, this place is so huge. You'll, you know, things will. You, they will put an entire installation someplace, and you will never see it until you walk up to it. And then when you walk away from it, it entirely disappears. And he walked up, and there was a desk, and it was a chair, and there was a memo book, and it just had the words "Write in me." You know, like Alice in Wonderland. And he sat down, and he started writing. And he started writing about everything that was bothering him, and just he wrote out everything, all the all the all the things that were inside of him that he needed to get out, and that was his epiphany for the weekend, for for the event. And this is that whole thing that you know you have to find, you know, in terms of, of things is is finding the the one little thing, you know, that makes it work. I agree. I mean, you can't fight the future. You can't yeah. put Pandora back in the box. You know, you can't step into the same river twice. So you have yeah. to adapt. Yeah, and and fortunately, we we tend not to. I mean, I look at like the thing that uh, what's his name, the one I talked about. Uh, 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 God, a blank, just blanked on his name. The one who did the whole rant about you know you're not gay, uh, Guy Baldwin. And the issue is, yes, there was the past. Now, what is now? And what do you do to make what you want, the world that you want? But also, do what do you do not to um, scare your friends away? You know, how do you not do damage? You know, uh, how do you do it right? And and attacking people who are not doing anything wrong is the wrong way to do it. You know, and I look at the I look at the scene. I'm like, well, yes. And when I got in the scene, people were probably saying the same damn thing about, oh, who are these weird people we're letting into the scene? You know, and. You know, if they're suitable, they'll stay. If they're not, they'll go away. You know, you find the things you need when you need them. You know, I'm very much, you know, one of those, you know, you, you travel the path kind of thing. And, you know, the road you take is the road that takes you wherever you go. Agreed. You know, and I think a lot of people forget that. You know, they get a little too stuck up in the moment and stuff, and... You know, uh, you know, in in five to ten years from now, you'll be looking back on this and going, you know, God, those were the great old days, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, we've been talking a really long time. Uh, yeah, we, you're right. You do talk a lot, so <laughs> so, and I, I don't talk to talk a little. We'll have to do this again, but um, yeah. Actually, I want I want um, uh, we're gonna finish up. I actually want you to do like a little plug for the other stuff so I can like tag it on to the beginning because this is going to end up as a number of episodes uh, but you know thank you for talking to me it's been really it's been fun kind of knowing you over the last couple of years you know oh. you, I follow your Twitter you're always kind of you're always interesting you know and a good good view onto the St. Louis scene which like I said I'd love to visit one of these days so you know hint hint wink wink whatever but you know <laughs> and then if I ever get there I mean it's like you know um, it's not that far away in some ways you know I'm, I'm in New York so you know, I, I, I have a loss of, uh, a misunderstanding of distance, but that's me. 
Uh, I, I, I come out to the East Coast, so it's the same distance for me. So yeah, it's not that you guys bad. Out here. <laughs> so anyway, um, thank you for having. Uh, have, uh, thank, yeah, thank you for coming on the show. And um, is there just a little, anything you want to uh, plug at the end? And then we'll I'll have you do a actually no so you know we already plugged it I'll have you do the 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 plug that I'll put at the beginning of things and we'll go from there and uh, any anything you think we haven't covered that we should uh, quickly hit on um well I'll I'll be at I'll be at Fetish Flea this year um Fetish Flea Market well next year rather right um in February so yeah I'll see you there really looking forward to that I'm looking forward to reconnecting with a lot of the East Coast people that I met at Bound in Boston um. And other than that, uh, Sex Positive St. Louis, check us out. We're, we're awesome. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. Well, that's the end of another Dovecast. And I uh, want to thank David for coming on. <laughs> it's been kind of like a, hey, are you, free? are you free? Hey, let's do it. And we just did it. And he's got something he's got to go do. So I will uh, let you go. And have a nice day. Thank you so much for having me, Dov. I really appreciate it. <laughs>